tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Journey Today. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kokomdemi. We're on DTT because we're free to wear on DSTV channel 421 and GoTV channel 125. We are your home of independent fearless and credible journalism. Coming up this afternoon, name, shame and prosecute all individuals involved in illegal mining. Some radical solutions panelists on the Joy News National Dialogue on Illegal Mining are advocating to deal with the growing menace. need to now insist that small-scale mining would only happen in places that we've done the surveys in and that the trimaque that we are doing would have to stop. Also this afternoon, Deputy Attorney General Alfred Chayabwa defends judicial decision in Aisha Wan's case, emphasizing application of old mineral and mining acts over new legislation which could have handed her a 15-year jail term. The time that you commit an offense is the very time that you use when you are being punished. So if you commit an offense in 2015 and the punishment then was punishment, why? We are tried in 2020 where that law has even been repealed. Per our laws, when it comes to punishment, you cannot be punished under the new law. Plus, Education Minister defends decision to reopen schools for first-year SHS students barely a week after placement. We are live in various senior high schools across the country for checks on the situation. We are also live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and X Spaces via Joy News on TV. My personal handle is at the Nana Aisha. Please stay for details. <laughs> Parliament for Jama North in the Bono region, Frederick Heal Ahenkwa, is requesting a parliamentary probe into a chieftaincy dispute and its constituency that has led to the death of one person at Sampa. The police, according to reports, have arrested seven persons who allegedly fired indiscriminate gunshots in the area on November 30 during the installation of the Paramount Chief of Sampa, which killed one and left seven severely injured. In a statement on the floor, the MP also demanded the ministers of national security and the interior to brief the house on the development. I've been joined by parliamentary affairs correspondent Kwekwa Sante with more. Kwekwa, the interior minister was on the floor. Has he provided any answers? Yes, according to interior minister, the police have contained the situation in the constituency and as we speak, there is calm that has been restored in there. But the member of parliament in the statement is delivered on the floor. In fact, actually spoke about the police's conduct, which he believes actually infuriated 
civilians in the area the more. According to him, the police also did not do enough intelligence gathering in the area, which led to they being unable to pick up information that some young persons wanted to scatter the installation of a new chief in Sampa in the Bono region. He's been talking about how we expect the Bono regional house of chief to come together to resolve the situation. But according to the interior minister, this is a situation the police has had enough information on. They've been able to contain it. They've been able to make some arrests and are trying to investigate to see the specific things that happened. But according to the interior minister also, the situation that has happened, they don't happen on the blind side of the police. The police did gather enough intelligence, looked in swiftly, made enough arrests and have ensured that peace and calm has since restored. That's the part of this that led to some interaction between the minority and majority side about this feud between the Asantehene and the Bono and the, and the, the Doma, Doma about, about, about this situation in, in those two regions. And the Speaker of Parliament has had to caution MPs to be circumspect. This is a national security issue of chief sensitive proportions, and the uh, understanding is that that should not happen now. Kweku Asante is our parliamentary correspondent. Kweku, what else is happening in the House today? I, so this, this, the situation is now that Guta is currently meeting the subsidiary legislation committee over that KT Hammond Airlines. I just left the, the, the committee room where this meeting is happening. The understanding is that Guta wants MPs on both sides to reject this airline. Of course, it will take two thirds of MPs to do that if this airline is late. That meeting is currently happening. Just gone by, we had a news conference from the deputy majority leader responding to questions about about uh, an alleged sale of some forest land in the Akutu constituency. Said that's not true. And currently happening, the MP for Madina, who sponsored a private member's bill to abolish the death penalty and prescribe accusations of witchcraft, is responding to the president, who has decided not to sign that those bills into law. He said the president is clearly not acted in line with law. But we expect to know what exactly will be doing next. Now that the president says he will be seeking to introduce these bills through the attorney general into parliament. There's more we'll be bringing your way in our subsequent bulletins from Parliament. Kwekwasante is our parliamentary correspondent. To other stories, the alarming devastating effects of illegal mining has generated conversations among anti-Galamse campaigners who believe a stiffer punishment would have been more deterrent for offenders. Former Minister of Environment, Professor Frimpon Boatan, convener for Media Coalition Against Galamse, where among scores of speakers at the Joint News National Dialogue held yesterday. Their call for stiffer punishment comes at the back of the sentencing of Galamse Queen Aisha Wang. I believe that the law was changed, and the minimum sentence was supposed to be 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I know. Thank you. <laughs> so it should have been 15 years instead of what we had? Okay. One of the points that have to be made is about this lady judge that's handling this case. Right from the onset, considering Aisha Wang as a flight risk, the positions she took and the fact that she was very nationalistic in the doing of her job, you just have to position her against the judge, I think it was one quest in Takwa, who prosecuted, uh, well, who under, on whose court they prosecuted some four Chinese people. And she, and he, in sentencing these foreigners, sentenced them to the minimum sentence for Ghanaians. 
you know, just a, center, uh, a fine of 2,400 uh, Ghana cities. And seeing that finally we have got some, uh, some conviction. My only pain is that apparently when we rearrested Aisha Wang, we still were prosecuting her under the old law. And my question I ask is that when she was rearrested, coming back again, was there, I think that was one of the charges. And then the she not get involved in any mining activity for which then the charges should have been under the current uh, uh, punishment regime. So yes, it's great that we've seen some prosecution of somebody who is not just one of those people we find uh, in the forest reserves, and we've been able to get to the point, to the point where we're getting to. Um, and I agree with uh, Nana when he talks about getting to the basis and finding out why this thing is happening. But I... And again, when the doc talks about the fact that we're going to get, go into an election next year, and if you look at what has happened, the sign of all dances we've been doing, and we are confronted with such grave challenges as a country, but I don't think we, we are passionate enough. And the Forestry Commission, unfortunately, I don't believe you're doing enough you know, to, to really be able to resolve the issues. Uh, and not to as well. I think all of us, and even all of us as uh, citizens, but those who are actually being put in, in power, you know, to be able to deal with. National Association of Small Scale Miners in recommending to government to consider a local community reinforcement approach says instead of the centralized national approach, that will work better. According to the General Secretary of that association, Godwin Amma, the current national approach has failed to yield the needed results, hence the need to involve people in the affected communities. He was speaking at the National Dialogue on Illegal Mining, organized by Joy News. I think that community investment approach is going to work if we want we shouldn't look at it from the national level, but we should look at it from the base, from the communities. Mining activity or illegal operation takes place in the communities. So if we are able to have what we call the community enforcement approach, where we have selected individuals from the community and the traditional leaders to be part, then Minerals Commission will let them know the small-scale miners or mining companies that have been issued with license to work within their jurisdiction. Anyone who comes there who is not part of that list should not be allowed to work. We did a pilot and realized that it's working. So this is something that we need to upscale it. That one is not waiting for the central government to come. And these uh, communities are linked to the district mining committees. So we work with the district mining committees. Then at the end of the day, we get these things done. When it comes to issue of chemical use, we are working with uh, the University of Mines. We've done a lot of sensitization through the ASM radio school. That is small scale, doing a lot of advocacy, sensitization. And you uh, must came up with what we call the retorts. These retorts, when you have your mercury, you melt them in the retorts, and then you don't do open burning. But it's still not upscaled. The, the university needs funds to upscale it.
Senior Research Fellow and Lecturer of the Center for Climate Change and Sustainability Studies at the University of Ghana, Dr. Bob Matthew, indicates the following, uh, following the failure of the political class in fighting the many citizens' movement, especially the middle class, is needed to push the agenda of fighting the cancer. We, the people, should take responsibility. And taking responsibility means holding our leaders accountable. You know, we shouldn't just leave them. We have to be there front and center, advocating for changes, making sure that we are naming people and advocating for their arrest and prosecution. If we, the people, are quiet, especially the middle class, if we are quiet, this thing will never stop. Some of this conversation, this dialogue should continue. As somebody said, we need to move it away from just being an English elitist kind of conversation. We need to go down to people, uh, speak in people's language, vernacular language in local places. It is a way of sensitizing. It's a way of creating awareness. It's a way of breaking down the complexities so people understand. We need to humanize the Galamse problem. It has become a political and economic problem for too long. We now we need to show the health implications, the water implications, all the things that are surrounding uh, 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 are coming up as impacts should be showcased in local communities. And that is where we can make progress. On the need to amend the law, the Deputy Attorney General Alfred Choyabua says he will work with the Lands Commission regarding the allocation of lands. He spoke on PM Express. Yes, but you, you, you may have to get it. In. That's why she made a, this kind of recommendation, that the law must be amended specifically to cater for that one. Okay, so in other words, the law must be amended to say if you give your land out to illegal miners, then you are also liable to be prosecuted under the amended act. Exactly. Exactly. And now... Fortunately for us, we use the landowners. The only problem is that if you have such a law, the owners will not come up to give evidence. Need somebody us. to testify against exactly. somebody. So in this particular case, six of them. Deal, yes, of course you can, you can always do a, again. Definitely, yes. Yeah, of course, so if you have such, such a law, it's a matter of just bargaining with them, using them as accomplice witnesses to prosecute. In, in, in some respect, it actually help you get people to testify because if they know if you caught them, and you say, "I'm going to plead," I mean, do a plea bargaining with you. If you do this. Sort of I think so. So that, judge, that can help you. Yes, the judge made that. Because now you have to convince them. They have to be of, of, of good, you know, just, just love this country. You just want to come for it, right? But this one can actually help you to force them to do so. I agree with you on that. So is it something that you embrace? We embrace it. That you would, you would, would, are we going to see an amendment to the law because of the judge's suggestion? We, we need to discuss it. Ali, the Minister of uh, uh, Lands and Natural Resources, they are the minister responsible for all this. So we also have to look at the law. Mm. We need to but the AG's department, you are for this. You are for amendment to, to also make the giving out of land for Galamse. Exactly. If you give out your land, Ghana, we see cocoa farmers giving out their lands. Mm. You tell them they, they, they are so bold to come on, on, on set and say, yes, that's my cocoa farm. I remember watching a video. True, the best, yes, that's Absolutely. my cocoa farm. The minimum that's time, my yeah. farm. I, I sell it and so what? So we may have to look at that stage and perhaps bring it in, into our law so that if you give your land out to anybody to do illegal mining, if it's legal mining, you don't have the kind of right to give land to any apart from the government mm. when it comes to mining. They people do it. And then eventually people go in and do illegal mining. Away from illegal mining, President Ekofado has told Parliament he's unable to sign some crucial bills passed by the House into law due to some constitutional issues. In July, Parliament passed bills abolishing the death penalty and proscribing accusation of witchcraft as well as criminalizing the work of witch finders. But in a letter to Speaker of Parliament read to the House, the President argued the bills imposed a charge 
on the consolidated fund and such bills must come from the executive and not from private members. The president says government will soon present such bills on the same subject before parliament. I'm writing to you in reference to our meeting held on 28th November 2023 at my office where we discussed the outstanding bills presented for assent, namely the Criminal Offences Amendment Bill 2023, the Criminal Offences Amendment Number 2 Bill 2023, and the Armed Forces Amendment Bill 2023. During our conversation, I raised specific constitutional concerns regarding these bills. Constitution, particularly the nature of these bills, which were introduced into Parliament as private members' bills, rather than being presented by or on my behalf. I appreciated the opportunity to engage with you in a meaningful dialogue about these critical legislative matters and valued your insights on the subject. As I indicated, the contents of these bills have my support but we need to ensure that they are enacted in line with established constitutional and legislative processes. Thus, after thorough consideration, and in light of the constitutional issues appointed during our meeting, I am unable to assent to these bills. The concerns raised are significant and have profound implications for the constitutional integrity of these legislative actions. Any legislation we pass must be in complete alignment with the provisions of our Constitution. I intend to have these bills reintroduced in Parliament on my behalf in due course. I thank you for your cooperation in this matter. Yours sincerely, Nana Minister for Education Dr. Edichum has defended the government's accession to reopen senior high schools barely a week after school placement was released. This decision generated some controversy with teacher unions kicking against the decision while Parliament last week urged the minister to reconsider the decision. But providing answers on the situation to MPs, the minister cited the early release of the harmonized prospectus as well as the desire to revert the academic calendar on track as part of the reasons the decision was taken. The minority were, were not impressed with the response from the minister. Last week, Parliament had urged the education minister to reconsider that decision to let students reopen barely a week after the placement had been done. The minister did not oblige. Today, he has been providing some answers in terms of why exactly his ministry had to do that. He's been explaining that government wants to bring back the academic calendar back on track. For the first time, the Ministry of Education, with its relevant agencies and stakeholders, developed a national harmonized prospectus for all senior high school and TVS students. And the same was published in the Daily Graphic on November 15th, 2023. The purpose of the publication was, among other things, to give parents ample time to buy the prospectus items and get their hours ready for school on December 4th, 2023. Mrs. When these timelines are strictly followed, the contact hours will duly achieve, and our quest to get back 
to the pre-COVID academic calendar will be on track. Last year, school opened in February for first-year students. This year, we are opening in December, which gives us the opportunity to then open October or September and therefore go back to the pre-COVID calendar as we all are envisaging. But clearly the minority are not happy with the responses the minister has given. Shortening the process, introducing a harmonized prospectus, well and good. But what quantum of money does a parent need to be able to buy all the items on the harmonized prospectus? Just because even the cost of a chop box, I'm not even talking about a trunk, is more than 200 Ghana cities. And we are not even going to go through the list and talk about every single item. By my own rough estimates, at the very minimum, a parent will not require less than 3,000 Ghana cities. Minimum, I said minimum, Mr. Speaker, minimum threshold. Meanwhile, some parents and guardians of first-year SHS students have called on government to move the reopening dates of the schools to a later date to enable them prepare adequately to provide the needed prospectus as they race against time to meet the school's deadline. Exactly a week after junior graduating to senior high schools, the Ghana Education Service ordered them to report to school. Teacher unions and members of parliament have raised the objections to this decision. The GES, however, is defending its decision, insisting it wants to restructure the SHS academic calendar. Some parents say pooling resources to buy essential items for their first year's wards, a short notice has left them stressed. I'm sending him back home. <laughs> I couldn't buy all of these items, so I have to go back home. Aside from the short notice, parents are also questioning the agency for their children to go to school when they will break for Christmas in just two weeks. Mary Gifty Nyachiga is a senior high school teacher. She's unhappy with the GES decision. Looking at teachers staying on campus throughout the year because of how the curriculum has been structured for our kids. In fact, it's, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. And I think, I mean, government have to look into it again. A Form 1 male Achimoto school student whose gender was altered to female by Wayek has yet to be corrected. I chose St. James as my first choice, but the Wayek people changed my gender to female. So I couldn't choose a boys' school, a single-sex school, so I had to choose a mixed school. So when I chose a mixed school, I chose Achimoto, and, I, and, I, now, and I'm now here. More queues are expected at the premises of the various senior high schools in the coming days as parents and guardians rush to get the awards admitted. Well, low number of fresh students have so far reported at senior high schools in the Upper West Region following their reopening dates Monday. There have been concerns from major stakeholders, including Parliament, about the reopening dates to be pushed to next year. Joy News' Upper West Region correspondent Rafiq Salam visited two schools in that region and has filed this report. Out of a total of 708 students, only one turned up at the Lower Senior High School five hours after the school gates were open for the freshers. Gilbert Tamura hails from Bazen in the northeastern corridor of the Lora municipality, but had his basic school education at Ayawaso MA Basic School in the Greater Accra region. He is happy to be at the school of his choice. 
Yeah, happy. Now that I'm here, I know that my other colleagues will still come. Okay, so you are sitting down here waiting for them to come. Yes. So you're waiting with bated breath for them to come around. Yeah. Laura Senior High School, you'll be here for three years. Yes. Uh, why did you choose Laura Senior School? Well, this school is closer to my where I come from. Uh, where, where are you from? Basin. Headmaster of the Laura Senior High School. Now, Elijah said to Tungman says, Despite the turnout not encouraging, he expects the over 700 students to report in droves starting this evening. Um, the situation since morning has not been so good. We have not, we have not uh, recorded any student reporting yet. However, we expect that after 3 p.m. or 4 p.m., uh, some of them will start reporting. Because the issue is that those within the region are likely to start their journeys in the morning in respect that after three they should have been here. He boasts of having the required infrastructure to take care of the swave of students placed at the school. You remember when this free senior high school thing was rolled out and we went into this double tracking system. Uh, 2019, we were a double track school. I wrote a letter to the director general telling him that I have enough space to accommodate students. So there was no need for a double track system in this school. So it was reverted to a single structure. So I have about 44 classrooms. The dormitories are okay. And I don't have challenges with classroom, dormitory, accommodation, the rest of it. So the 708 students actually can be accommodated. The only area they appear to have a challenge could be feeding, but it's hopeful that government will address it when they need be. Now, since we opened, we're giving food for three weeks. We exhausted it. Last week, we went back for 30 bucks of rice. But these 30 bucks, if I have all my population on campus, I take 20 bucks a week. The second, the second years and third years are on campus. I take 15 bucks a week. So Take back for only two weeks. The rest of the food items, uh, gari, soya bean, maize, and the re- a lot of them are not, are not available. So the Member of Parliament for North Town, Samuel Okujetuablakwa, has indicated there is no 24-hour economy policy currently in practice has been preached by the governing NPP. He says the government's attempt to introduce a half-cooked policy which focuses on the economy in its 2024 budget was an afterthought. Speaking to Joy News at the National Democratic Congress's stand at the ongoing Volta Trade and Investment Fair in Ho, he asserted that the NDC's 24-hour economy policy proposal is the panacea to Ghana's economic crisis. The National Democratic Congress took a stand at the ongoing Volta Children Investment Fair at the Jubilee Park in Ho to sell its 24-hour economy policy proposal to exhibitors and patrons. James Gunu is the Volta Regional NDC Secretary. Whilst people are selling shoes, whilst people are selling belts um, and other products, we also have a product that we want the industry players to take advantage of because we want to revive the economy of Ghana and it doesn't take 20 uh, uh, I mean 8 hours to 
do. Other NDC leading members set points on the 24-hour economy policy proposal and its prospects. And I want to say this. If you have, say, everywhere here, that does 10,000 bottles a day. Per the 24-hour arrangement, it means that if you can do 30,000 during the night, it will give you special tariff that you can use. If you can give the government the assurance that you employ more, then you can enjoy certain tax breaks. So as for the benefit of the 24-hour economy policy proposal, it's numerous. 1.6 million Ghanaians are currently unemployed. So the first thing, jobs, jobs, jobs. More money in your pocket for the ordinary Ghanaian. Cheaper goods that you can access and buy for the ordinary Ghanaian. Um, the young people need jobs and sustainability and more importantly, very sustainable jobs. And the only way that can be realized under the, this economic condition is for people to work for 24 hours. So with the 24 hours, opportunities are created. The member of parliament for North Tong, Samuel Ukujetu Ablakwa, shot down a claim by the governing New Patriotic Party that the 24-hour economic policy is already in practice. So this policy intervention that President Mahama is proposing will unleash the full potential of young people, create jobs, we will have a, a three-shift system where companies will work 24 hours, they will get incentives when they sign up to the policy, including tax rebates, including special uh, discounted rates on utilities, so that this will then lead to massive industrialization, so that there will be economic growth and prosperity for all, that there is no 24-hour economy in practice. There's no such policy. It is in the 2024 budget that they tried to talk about a night economy, but you see it's an afterthought because of President Mohammed's 24-hour economy proposal. Where is the, I'm a member of parliament, where is the blueprint, where is the policy? Where is the legislation, the, the legislation that is backing their so-called 24-hour economy? It doesn't exist. Fred Kwame Asari, join Let's talk health now. Students and staff of Premier College can now readily access medical attention after the 1998 old boys of the school handed over a two-bedroom bungalow to the alma mater. The facility as part of the Year Group's legacy project will afford accommodations for resident nurse for medical care provision even at odd hours on campus. The absence of a stationed health officer at Premper College impedes quick health care delivery. The 1998 group, realizing the pressing need for a stationed nursing staff, invested funds into the construction of the nursing bungalow on campus. The apartment, costing 350 Ghana cities, has two rooms equipped with ancillary facilities. Kwame Dankwa is the vice president of the group. So what we did was that we tried to engage the school administration to find out infrastructure-wise what are their priorities. There are a couple of priorities, but we, we realized that we analyzed and realized that the, um, the bungalow for the medical facilities they have here is the utmost priority because we believe that if you are healthy, your, the brain will be sound, the kids will be able to concentrate on their studies and then um, Im, uh, improve on their performance. Headmaster of the school, very Reverend Lewis Asari, is confident in the presence of a resident health officer with hasten medical care delivery to students. 
and staff. We had people who manned the clinic during the contact hours and after contact hours, they will go back. So after contact hours and weekends, we do not have anybody to man our clinic, which meant that when we have health issue, the student had to go outside to seek for uh, health service. Now that we have such an edifice, what it means is that we are going to have a resident nurse, and that will be a thing of the past. The gesture forms part of the homecoming activities of the old boys after exiting the four walls of the school 25 years ago. The Silver Jubilee anniversary hinged on highlighting the roles of Old Students Association in Ghana's high school educational reforms. Speaking on the theme, Ashanti Regional Director of Education, Dr. William Amankra, emphasized the contribution of past students under the free SHS intervention. You see, the government is doing everything. At the end of the day, there are a lot of people to cater for. So we need them to also go and help us, meet us halfway. That doesn't imply that they come and take over the school from us. They can also help us through the technology in the donation of computers, robotics, equipment, and other things. Support the system so that we can have a good group of Let's take a break on Joy News today. We'll be back with business. Driving a taxi in Accra is like watching DSTV. The drama is the over biwa. Last time, my passenger cried in my car, sir. Hey, she be watching her, Papa. DSTV there, it go over you. Another one. Magnificent. Bring it here. My child gets so many gifts, and that definitely includes the best of Christmas cartoons. Plus, it keeps her occupied whilst I get things done. We watch the Premier League on Super Sports. Like we are in a stadium. <laughs> Rashford was in an offside position, but he wasn't interfering with play. And Bruno's call. This Christmas, dear, entertainment galore on DSTV. The content just go over you. Dial star seven five nine hash to reconnect or stay connected now. Kumasi or Cyclone stand up. Rattray Prime brings to you another unforgettable night of music and celebration. This is the biggest concert on the music calendar. This year is the night with the stars 2023 featuring the maestro called Joe Kofi Kinata. All on one stage, a dozen stuff also performing is the ladies' man, Team Promise. Kitty, the girls them sugar. 
It's one big stage featuring these stars Kojo Wenki, Kofi Kinata, Akwabwa, King Promise, and Kitty. It's all happening on Christmas Day, 25th December 2023, at the Rattray Pack. Great 200 cities regular and 300 cities VIP. I love FM in Shura FM, call phone station, and hold you right about Rattray Pack, Poku Trading, and all Absa Bank branches. For table reservation, just call 020 601 8820. Night with the Stars 2023. You have no reason to excuse yourself. This event is brought to you by Rotary Pack Media Projects Love and Enshrine FM is powered by Logi Entertainment. Night with the Stars 2023. The Night with the Stars is sponsored by Jungle Energy Drink. No fear. Welcome time to do business with me, Emma Davis. Members of Fair Trade Ghana Network are calling on the Ministry of Land and Natural Resources, Cocoa Board and traditional leaders of the current six cocoa growing regions in Ghana to collaborate in declaring all cocoa growing areas as no-go zones for all forms of mining and other negative environmental activities. Here's more in this report. Cocoa employs approximately 800,000 farm families spread over six of the 16 regions of Ghana. The crop generates about $2 billion in foreign exchange annually and is a major contributor to government's revenue and GDP. In 2021, in real terms, the contribution of cocoa to GDP was 3.1 billion CDs. Despite these benefits of the sector to Ghana's economy, cocoa production is riddled with illegal small-scale gold mining popularly called Galamse. On the occasion of the celebration of Fair Trades Awareness event, members of the network bemoaned the growing effects of illegal gold mining on their livelihoods. Florence Blankson is president of Fair Trade Ghana Network. Fair Trade Ghana Network has been around for a while, but we still think we need to let people know more about Fair Trade and Fair Trade Ghana Network. What it is to be in fair trade and what the fair trade Ghana network does for its members. We are looking at um, the government doing a lot for the cocoa um, members because most of them, their farmlands are being taken over by other developers and this Galamse, as we all know. If we don't take care, it will get to a time we wouldn't even have farmers into cocoa because they are not benefiting. Fair Trade Ghana Network organized an awareness event at the Pentecost University. Regional Head of West Africa for Fair Trade, Edward Akapire, explained the purpose for the event and its impact on the youth. Yeah, this uh, for us is a very important event, um, and especially the location that we are holding this event. If it makes it much more important for us, uh, because the event is all about creating awareness around fair trade, and uh, creating awareness among the youth couldn't have been any better option for us. So this is very important uh, for the reason that uh, we're targeting young people who are in the university to deepen their understanding about fair trade and to motivate them to go into the agriculture sector, but uh, also go into it 
within the scope of fair trade. Ekoko Farmer, who is a member of the Fair Trade Ghana Network, Emmanuel Sapong, lists some of the projects he has undertaken in his community using premiums and from fair trade. Uh, we had the first premium in 2012. And from that time, we have been able to uh, support the communities in which we work. Uh, in one of the communities, the, the government put up a chips compound without a nurse's quarters. Uh, we have put up a nurse's quarters there. And when we come to Asumura, we have got some uh, renovation. We have renovated schools and then bought some computers for the school. At Mpamasi, we have put a nice water project there. Oh, one structure that we have put there, that is supporting the regional coordinating council. So I'm telling the farmers that whoever wishes to uh, join fair trade, it is laudable, and then when you join fair trade, you will never regret. A significant number of cocoa farmers whose livelihoods have, over the past decades, depended on cocoa farming, have been compelled to abandon several acres of their cocoa farms due to galamse. If the menace is not addressed tactically, Ghana risks losing its position of being the second exporter of cocoa worldwide. Still in the sector, perennial challenges in the release of seed funds by Cocoa Board to provide fertile ground for the provides fertile ground for the smuggling and diversion of cocoa beans to foreign countries, according to Council Chairman of the Cocoa Abrabopa Association. Ismail Pomase, the recurrent delay in the release of the funds from the Ghana Cocoa Board to licensed buying companies lead to the delayed payments for farmers. The, challenging, uh, the challenges in the sector is collapsing the operations of indigenous licensed cocoa buying companies and reducing supplies of demanded volumes for customers. Here is more by Clinton Yaboa. The Ghana Cocoa Board is mandated to secure external funding for the cocoa season and distribute such funds to licensed buying companies. These licensed buying companies purchase cocoa beans from farmers at prices determined by international market pricing. The government this year announced a 63.5% upward adjustment in the pricing of cocoa. How is this adjustment affecting and reflecting in the pockets of cocoa growers and farmers? The DOs always tell us there is no money. They always complain about smuggling, and these are the influencing factors. If the farmer is close to a border, he may as well send the cocoa beans. Seed funds have not been dispersed to any firm to buy the cocoa beans. So now, after drying the beans, farmers get stuck as to where to take it. Council Chairman of Cocoa Brabopa Association, Ishmael Pumasi, disclosed the smuggling of cocoa to neighboring countries like Togo and Ivory Coast has led to the closure of its operations in the OT and Volta Cocoa regions. Speaking at the 12th annual general meeting of the Cocoa Abrabopa Association in Kumasi, he revealed to the regulator and the government to take steps to tackle the challenges. Um, this year we commissioned the season a month earlier than the usual October. And from October, as we speak now, we are in November. Um, we don't even have um, a city uh, coming from the regulator as seed fund. And Cocoa Board must provide a long-lasting solution to the perennial uh, 
um, um, delay in the seed farm. It's very disturbing. Our farmers are, you know, diverting the certified cocoa and it ends up being conventional cocoa. It is only the certified cocoa that assures our farmers of the uh, premiums that we need. All these uh, uh, neighboring countries, last year we saw that they had good price as compared to us. And most of That's all for business on Joy News today with me, Emma Davis. For more news, do log on to myjoyonline.com. Up next is sports. Please stay. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, it's your money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top five, we got it. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! A walking tortoise on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E S. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Yay! Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank, are you strong? Let's do sports now on JN Today. I am Haruna Mubarak. Now, the tensions between Hearts of Folk board members and former coaches of the club appear to be unending. Now, Serbian coach Kosta Papic, his countryman Slavko Matic, and now Dutch trainer Martin Kupman have all departed the club unceremoniously. However, Kupman's situation is quite peculiar. Here is more in this report. There was much optimism in the camp of Hearts of Oak when Koopman was appointed back in August. After overseeing nine wins in nine matches and scoring 35 goals during the preseason, the good feeling and expectations were further heightened. However, things changed. Yeah, but uh, th this is football. And uh, if you see what young team we have, 
and uh, what's happened uh, in the pre-season. We did a very good job. We have no striker. I tell you again, we have no striker. Uh, Isa is going to, uh, to abroad and we have no striker back. So I, I tell them every time. So, yeah, so we missed the striker. Koopman was fuming after his side scored one goal in the first four matches. And that was the beginning of the misunderstanding between the Dutch boss and the Phobians. Let me be very truthful to you. The coach had so much time during preseason, and I think that the coach, I disagree with him. Um, if at that time the window was opened, the club was ever ready to purchase any player that he wanted. But during the preseason, the coach did not mention, neither did the coach indicate to the club that he would want a striker. During the preseason, let me also state again that the same strikers that the coach came to meet were scoring five, six, seven, eight goals for the coach. And he never complained, only for the window to be closed. And uh, we are into the main season, and now the coach is saying he needs strikers. At this moment, we cannot buy strikers for the coach. To play in front of their home fans, to show them. In the 10th match of the Premier League season against Legon Cities, it ended goalless, and that was Koopman's last appearance as the club's coach. He guided the team to just two wins and six draws. Any coach who has not been performing well is sacked. It's as simple as that. You employ a coach to get good results. We are not the first ever to do that. Years ago, I even did that. I sacked a coach called Ajay Pele. You see, when a coach is not performing well and you don't get good results, you look for a better coach. That's exactly what happened. So if you see why he left, nobody had a quarrel with him. We have repeatedly been telling him that we want better results. And the results coming out are not really good results for the club. You follow me? Uh-huh. So just like any civilized country will behave, a non-performing coach is thrown out. The dismissal did not sit well with Koopman. In an interview with Ghana Sports Page, the 67-year-old accused the board of playing a major role in the poor form of the club. Uh, they think uh, we are still the best uh, club in Ghana, uh, and that's that's not true. On paper, yes. There are seven players. I cannot use them in the competition. It was one day before the first competition game that I heard, uh, don't use these three players. And on the end, they said, you cannot use seven players. Anana, Corsa, Esso, Diadun, Salifu, Saidu, Atta. You don't use them because they don't deliver. A claim vehemently denied by the board members. They insisted that they are the right men for the job. All of them played it. I mean, the records are there. I think that's what, uh, what the Honorable wants to say. The seven players they mentioned, he mentioned in particular, they all played. I have been in this team for years, over 50 years, so I know what I'm talking. I know how coaches behave. You follow me? Uh-huh. We know. But it's not easy handling footballers. But if you all realize, he started complaining long ago that strikers. we don't even have strikers. Now, the responsibility of a coach is to turn footballers into good footballers. Look, Manchester United, how many times have you not changed a coach?
Oh, that's your sports on GN today. My name is Harun Obarek. Time checkout was making headlines elsewhere. At least 85 civilians have been killed in Kaduna State, northwest Nigeria, in an airstrike during a Muslim religious celebration on Sunday. The civilians were killed in a bombing mishap. Governor of the state, Ubasani, had earlier said they were mistakenly killed by a military drone targeting terrorists and bandits. The defense ministry turned the operation a needless tragedy, adding the routine mission against militants inadvertently affected members of the community. Nigeria's military has for years been battling armed criminals and militants who have been operating in parts of northern Nigeria, raiding villages and kidnapping residents for ransom. That is it for World News. Up next is Showbiz. Time for showbiz on a JN today. And Black Sharif has been unveiled as the brand ambassador for Infinix Hot 40 series. Well, at Grand Arena, where the event happened, Black Sharif actually thrilled the fans to some wonderful performance. He wasn't the only musician who was there. His colleague, Mr. Drew, also came to support. Well, I was there and I filed this report. Musician Black Sharif has been announced as the brand ambassador by Infinix for their new brand of phones, the Infinix Hot 40 series. The event that was held at the Grand Arena saw the Kwiku Traveler Kruna treat patrons to some wonderful performances.
musician Mr. Ju, who showed up on stage to support his colleague on his ambassadorial deal, expressed how happy he was for the deal Blacko had gotten and said if corporate Ghana keeps up with this, the industry will be a much better one. Um, I honestly think it's a good, um, it's a good initiative. I mean, um, you know how our industry is. Uh, we need as much support as we, we can get. So, you know, stuff like this, when stuff like this happening, I'm, I'm always excited. I'm always um, happy to see like a brother like Black Sharif. The fact that he's you know, taking over the music industry, you know, we're entering the corporate, you know, side to we're getting these kind of deals. And it's, it's, it's a good feeling, honestly. I, I, we're seeing his images everywhere. And that means, like, it, it means a lot. Because it's not easy for, like, the corporate side to look at an, an, an artist and say, oh, we want to sign you. So the fact that he's, he's, he's here, he's been signed, you know, it's a big thing. And I feel like once one person enters, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for everybody. So me, I'm excited and I wish that this could happen more for everybody else. Black Sharif, after his performance, had this to say about his deal with Infinix. It makes me like appreciate life and you know understand so many things that was happening before this GDT. Cause like I feel like when when you've not seen things that you've paid for happen, it's like there's a lot of complaining. There's like a lot of complaining and like you complain about suffering and stuff. But when you get it and you don't even see it like years years after you realize say yo, I was praying for this thing that I had last year. And it's like you understand it that all the suffering and everything was preparing you for it. And I'm just grateful for what it has taught me about life and like time. And so Black Sharif is now the ambassador for the brand new Infinix Hot 40 series. So every time you're out there, you're buying it, know that you're actually helping a brother in the industry to also, you know, enrich himself and make it to the global front. The name is Ibrahim Mbaka, and that will be it for Showbiz on JN today. Aisha, back to you. Have you grabbed one? I will. I will. <laughs> oh, I, I will. should. I haven't. You want me to finance that? I well, can, actually. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's how I wrap up the bulletin this afternoon. My name is Aisha Brian. Log on to myjournline.com. There's more of the news and updates of all the developing stories.